Hi, I'm Chad Emerson, and this is the Downtown Explorer Podcast, the virtual third place where we gather for interesting conversations with downtown innovators and entrepreneurs. All right, everyone, Chad Emerson, Downtown Huntsville, Inc. We are back here at the Downtown Huntsville Explorer Podcast at the worldwide headquarters of DHI, and we have another musical guest uh, talking with Josh Price. Josh, welcome to the pod. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. So before we talk about um, your role here and some of the cool things, we're going to be posting this podcast on December 23rd because y'all are doing a really cool event. We'll talk about that. But tell us, before you got here in Huntsville, what's your music background? Yeah, so I, I've been playing music. I've been singing since I was in eighth grade. I found out I could sing at a birthday party, uh, singing happy birthday to a girl I had a crush on. And she said I had a good voice. And I was like, I'm a musician now. Like, I'm going to, that, if that's all it takes, then I'm, I'm in. And I remember telling my dad uh, I was going to sign up for choir. He almost died because he was uh, convinced that I needed to be a ball player. And I was like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lean into music. And man, it was... Uh, it just caught really quick in my life. Like I was just super passionate all for it, picked up a guitar at 17 and really never looked back. I got my first job in full-time ministry in a church at 19. Um, and then I was a Vegas week finalist on America's Got Talent in 2008. And then that, that same year, my wife and I, we were newlyweds and we, uh, we quit both of our jobs. We sold probably about half of what we owned, put the rest in a storage unit. And we traveled with music full-time for six years after that. Well, let's, let's kind of unpack. That's a lot yeah, of cool lot. stuff. <laughs> um, you're currently now the, uh, the worship pastor, worship minister at mm -hmm. River Tree Church, right? Yep. yep. Okay. And we're going to talk about that because they recently opened a downtown campus, which is, is cool because we're downtown Huntsville Lake. Mm -hmm. But um, America's Got Talent. Okay. Yeah. You sit there and you watch it and you see Howie and you see, you know, Simon, you see all of them. Tell us about your experience because we've also had uh, other Huntsville based musicians have been on that show. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. So my, uh, the year, I think I was season three. So it was a while ago and it was a lot different of a cast. So Jerry Springer was the host. I don't know why that makes me laugh, but yeah, I just so, don't know how so, you don't. So Simon wasn't on AGT at the time. No. So he, oh. I think he was executive producer because oh, okay. he was there. Okay. You didn't know he was there. So he <laughs> was like, you would kind of do your take. He would be near the judges. They would have some words and then he would kind of leave and be in the background. So I he met was him the puppet there. He was there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he was definitely calling the shots for sure. And, uh, um, Sharon Osborne was a judge. <laughs> David Hasselhoff was a judge and Pierce Morgan. So that was the, that was the panel when I was there. Wait a second. So I, I guess I started watching later in the season. Yeah. Because, so Pierce Morgan, Pierce Morgan, Jerry Springer. Yep. Ozzy Osbourne's wife. Yep. And David Hasselhoff. <laughs> From I'm dead like serious. Baywatch yes. David, Knight Rider David. A hundred percent. Yes. And uh, true story, Pierce Morgan said that I sounded like a girl. That was uh, the only thing he said to me was, uh, I saw he's quite a bit girly. And I was like, well, it was a girl song. So they had me sing a girl song. It was on them. But, and then Jerry Springer actually, there's a weird thing to say, called my wife because uh, I made it to the next round and he was like, you're engaged to be married. Let's call your fiance and let her know. I dialed my area code and he stopped the cameras for a moment because I live in a place where he owns a home. I lived in Sarasota, Florida. So when he saw 941, 
he was like, you live in Sarasota? And then him and he called my wife and they had this long conversation about the venue we were getting married at. And it was an experience for sure. So, so how did, how did your AGT experience end up? So I made it to like Vegas week finals. It was a very weird and surreal experience. Cause I never, I never tried out. I, I got an email on YouTube. I had uh, three videos up on YouTube at the time. I got an email from this girl. Her name is Megan. I still remember that. And she uh, was like, I'm a producer for NBC. Can I get your phone number? And I thought the whole thing was a ploy. Like it just felt like a really weird internet thing, you know? Like who's punking you? Or yeah, who's punking yeah. me right now? So I called, I called Deanna. I was like, should I get, give this person my phone number? It's the internet. This feels weird. And she was like, ah, you can block the number if it's weird. And I got a phone call from a guy named Nigel. I think he's still at NBC. And I, I think maybe 10 days later, I was on a plane going to Vegas. So I never did any of the... I never did the tryout rounds. I think mm. they just needed some more singer songwriters and I was, I was in Vegas. So I made it, I was there for about a week and I made it a couple rounds and then got eliminated. Yeah. So your passion these days seems to be in addition to pickleball, we'll talk about that, <laughs> um, seems to be, uh, you know, just, just using music to, you know, share your faith. Yeah. Is that a fair way of putting it? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Talk us about that experience, which was a really bold experience is you said you sold your stuff, your goods and decided to travel the country using music as a voice. Yeah. So, um, it's probably a little tacky now, but we called ourselves musicianaries. I mean, that's what we felt like. We were uh, dirt poor, my wife and I, but it's, it's funny in the time we didn't, at the time we didn't really feel that way. We felt rich. I mean, it was just such a, an amazing season of life, but the, I guess the condensed story of it would be, so my, we got married and then my brother, um, Scooter, he died in a car accident, leaving town from my wedding in 2008. Mm. He'd become a Christian six weeks before he died. And that was a revolutionary moment for me where I just, I don't know, I was 22 at the time. And I thought, life is short. I mean, the the book of James says life is like a vapor. It's like a mist. It's here one moment. It's gone the next. And it just kind of sparked something in my wife and I, we just said, Hey, we're 22. We're young. Let's just do this. Like, let's just go. And so man, we just, I would play at pot bellies. I would play at, uh, delis and wine bars, coffee shops, any, any place. I mean, there were times where I would just busk. I would just get outside of a Starbucks and plug into an amp and I would just sing songs, man. And really what I tried to do at the time was not necessarily sing songs that were overtly worship songs, but just songs that I wrote about my life that were clearly faith-based. I mean, and I would unpack some of that and share some stories, but yeah, that was our heartbeat was just how do we share the gospel in a way that's not hitting people over the face with the gospel, but clearly still sharing it through song. And part of that too, Chad, is that I just think, songs speak a language that are different than just our words. They do something that can soften our hearts. And I don't know, man, there's just something about a song. This morning I was at Honest, I think you were a couple tables away from me and I was trying not to look like the weirdo. I was weeping because I heard a new song and there just something about putting a melody to words can just, it just shares a story unlike any other facet of, in my opinion, of entertainment. There's something a song can do that softens a heart. And I just thought at the time, let's do it. Let's just go. And we did, and we did it full time for six years. And I still do it about, we're on the road about 12 weeks a year still. And I'm 35 now. So it's been a, it's been a while we've been doing it. And, and you, you transitioned from that into, you were a worship pastor at a really large church. Was it in Houston? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, I was in the woodlands. Um, and before, but before that, when we quit our jobs, we were at a church in Houston too. It's, um, which is a real large church. Second Baptist is 
57,000 member church at the time in 2008. And then we were at a place called The Loft, which was the part of the Woodlands United Methodist the last six years before we moved here, which is a, it's probably about a 14,000 member Methodist church. And I was the worship uh, pastor for The Loft community, which is a contemporary worship service. There. How is, how is, it feels like um, worship music or the musicians, it's transitioned to almost some kind of inspirational type music that some of the songs, no matter what your faith, or if you have no faith, mm. there's still such positive messages. Yeah. Well, and I think that's been a long time coming because there were bands that were doing that. Like I remember, I, I want to say it was probably, I could be wrong because people can fact check me, but I remember the record, the, a beautiful letdown by Switchfoot probably came out in 2003 or four. I remember when, um, so I, I just become a Christian in 2003. I remember seeing the music video for the song, dare you to move. And I, I still remember thinking this is so obviously about their faith. And then I, I remember buying that CD, listening to it and thinking this, I think these guys are Christians and sure enough, they were. So I think there were people, I mean, you too has been doing oh, that yeah. for decades, I mean, yeah. you know, well, I, mean, was, I mean, he's been writing songs from the Psalms. A hundred percent. Yeah. And, uh, also greatest live show I've ever been to in my life was the 360 tour. It was incredible. Where'd you uh, see it? I saw it in Houston. Okay. Yeah, they did. It was arena uh, or arena. Okay. Yeah. They did it at a, it was relying at the time yeah. NRG stadium. It was incredible. Muse opened for them and Muse was phenomenal. And I thought, man, the band after them can't be as good as Muse and you two just killed it. It was awesome. But so I think there were, there've been people who've been, toiling that soil, if you will, for a long time. And I agree with you. I just think that, uh, yeah, that there's, and that's my heart. I hope that when people listen to a song, if they go to Spotify and hear a record that it'll be, it'll just be something that will be, fills people with joy and hope. And, um, but I definitely overtly am talking about Jesus in my songs yeah. for sure. So one of the interesting things you, you, you ended up here. Um, a lot of times you see churches like a, a downtown church do a, a plant in some less churched area. You don't see a lot of suburban churches yeah. do a downtown plan. That seems kind of reverse. Um, tell us, as you were interviewing here, what, what appealed to you about the job? And, and what about the downtown campus in particular? Yeah, so the downtown campus in particular was definitely one of the biggest drawing points for uh, my wife and I. I so we lived, we lived in Houston, but we were definitely in the suburbs. I mean, we were... Uh, in a place called Magnolia, just outside of the woodlands. And when we were thinking about Huntsville, first of all, I've been coming and doing camps for a church in town called Whitesburg Baptist for, uh, I mean, over a decade. So I've known Huntsville since 2008. I mean, we've been coming here okay. at least once or twice a year and got to see, I mean, really downtown Huntsville flourish over that decade. I mean, I just, I remember when we first started coming it was like you went to Low Mill to get Piper and Leaf and it was awesome, but like, that's kind of it. That's what I did, you know? And then in the last few years, this city began to flourish in a really special way. And um, yeah, so then when I was called by Stephen Dunn, uh, who's one of the pastors at River Tree, he's one of my best friends of the world. Uh, it was like, yeah, I, I'm, I'm down to come see, see what's going on at river tree. If you guys are planting this new campus, cause I, I mean, I love both, but there was definitely this appeal of, Hey, there's this place in downtown in the heart of the city, uh, that could reach people. Um, but yeah, so I, I loved, I love the idea of just being in the heartbeat of what's happening in the city. I mean, even for us, that was a, that was why we moved where like we live in the five points area and I was pretty hard headed. It took about four months to find a house because I so, I just knew, I mean, I knew we wanted to be in three, five, eight, oh one. We wanted to be 
in the heart of what was happening. I wanted to be able to walk downtown in 15 minutes and just feel the pulse of the city. And I don't regret it one bit. I'm so glad we waited because we love it down here. When you say the pulse of the city, what what do you think is the pulse of downtown Huntsville these days? As, as, as not just someone who works at a, 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 a church downtown, but also lives downtown, what do you think as a relatively newcomer yeah. makes downtown Huntsville unique? Yeah, so I... I would say the first thing is that it's multi-generational. I think it's incredible that if you go down, like you go to Honest, we were at Honest this morning, there's going to be the 18 year old kid doing homework for, I say kid, cause I'm getting old. How sad is that? But um, you know, the 18 year old kid doing homework for college, but you also see the 45 year old businessman meeting with someone for their business. And then you see the old retiree in the corner reading a book. And so I love that. I love that it's multi-generational. That's a, that was super appealing to me. But I remember also our, maybe our first week or two, one of the things that my wife and I, Deanna, encountered when we would go places downtown is how many young people were excited, like they were, they had pride for their city and were excited to come back after school and be here. And I was like, okay, that's, that's a cool thing. Cause I grew up in Southwest Florida where people were like, you're in high school and you're like, I want to get out as quickly <laughs> as possible. Then they hit about 30, 35 and they're like, you know, sipping a drink on the beach sounds nice and they might, may want to go back. But it was just cool to see that even young people were, were like, Hey, once I get out of school at 22, 23, I want to go back. So yeah, I, I guess, I don't know if that answers your question, but I think for me it was, it's multi-generational. Um, there's things going on all the time. I enjoy that, that, you know, I also love that Jack Brown's is open till two o'clock in the morning every day. So there's always <laughs> something no matter what. And their burgers are great. I'm not even getting paid for me saying this right now, but uh, you should go ask him Jack for Brown's, a free burger. Jack Brown's gave a pretty great. good shout out. So. <laughs> but, um, yeah. So, and I think another, another thing I'd say too, is that, um, there's kind of anything you would want in downtown. I mean, like Poppy and Parliament has maybe the best fish and chips I've ever had. So I'm pretty much just going to talk about food right now. Um, I got a sense that that know, may be your true passion. It is my <laughs> true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you want to go to something eclectic. You go downstairs to Fat Sammy's. That place right. is awesome. Um, honestly, I love the Esquina. i like, that place is incredible. So there's just so anything you would want yeah. is here. And I think that's part of what draws so many different types of people. So I don't know, man, we love it. We just love being in the heart of the city. So you had barely moved here, and it wasn't long until River Tree started holding outdoor concerts in Big Spring Park. Yeah. You know, walk us through, when you have a downtown campus, what's the point of, you know, having an outdoor concert, you know, a mile away? Tell, what was the thought process behind Big Spring Park East and then later the museum? Yeah, so admittedly, there was one on the calendar before I took the job. Okay. So I moved here, and I, th- I want to say within three weeks, I was doing that first one um, last fall. So I moved here in September, and I think our first one was like the first week of October last year. Um, but I know that the heartbeat was 35801, 802, just this area. How do we, how do we do something for our city? Um, almost uh, really as a gift, right? Like we want to bring music and joy to the heart of the city. So yeah, the first one we did, I, I don't even know what you would call that area down at the bottom of the steps near the YMCA a little yeah, bit. That Big little Spring Park East. East, thanks. Yeah. Um, and it was so incredibly fun. I mean, in the turnout that night, I think kind of blew us all away. And that's when we realized it's one thing to do a night of worship that's on your campus, expecting people to come to where you are. And and that's sweet, right? That's a sweetness, especially for the community of faith that you already have. Um, So like we'll do, we're doing a night of worship January 14th at our Cove campus. That'll be great. 
But the ones that we do in the fall and the spring, it was how do we do something that's for our city that we're just, we're going to where people would be and just sharing the joy of music and song in the heart of the city. I mean, that really was the heartbeat. Is this something where, um, you know, a night, when you do a night of worship on a campus, people are much more participatory. They're singing with you. They're standing with you. We just thought, how do you do something where people can set up a picnic and just enjoy this, like be outside in this amazing weather in the fall and spring and just give the gift of music. That really was the heartbeat. If you want to throw a Frisbee with your kid, but also you get to hear music that is inspiring and joyful. It was a, for us, it was a win-win and uh, we love it, man. I mean, we have one on the, in the fall and the spring scheduled right now for every year. I mean, that's what our plan is. I support that. Yeah. <laughs> Especially because they're downtown. Also. Yeah. yeah. And the last one was, Get I mean, pizza before and after. Yeah, right? for sure. Yeah. And I mean, even, yeah, I know, I know we'll talk about it in a minute, but even like we're doing a service at, uh, for our Christmas services at Mars Music Hall on the 23rd. It, like you say, get your pizza afterwards. Our heart is like, I mean, rhythm, go to rhythm, yeah, right? Like it's yeah. next door. I love that place, by the way. I and mean, we want me to just, let's just have a food. Can I do a foodie I podcast with is, you? Is there a restaurant you haven't been to? <laughs> There's not, man. man. <laughs> I tell you what. I did Taco Tuesday every Tuesday at Rhythm for like five months when I moved here. Well, so. let's jump into that. We're going to post this on Thursday. We always post on Thursdays. And we we're, we originally weren't going to post something on Thursday, December 23rd, because we're like, well, that's kind of the holidays. And, and then... I heard about Christmas Eve Eve mm-hmm. service, but it wasn't one of these ones that you're like, oh, it's interesting. It's at Mars Stinking Musical. Yeah, yeah. Like, I think of like rock, great hip hop, all these great artists that are there, <laughs> and then this church is going to show up and do yeah. something. So, so when you mentioned that, were some people on the team like, what are you talking about? Or, or was it, you know, talk, walk us through that process, how you ended up Christmas Eve Eve, River Tree. Mars Music Hall. Yeah. So what can be what can be nice about being, I guess, the new guy, if you will, is that I don't really know what people's presuppositions are, right? Like I came from uh, Houston, an environment where, like, if I would have thrown out Mars Music Hall, people would have been like, "Yeah, like, let's go for it." So in my mind, I still kind of live in that place, and uh, so I didn't even think, "Hey, this is maybe a I don't know a crazy idea." I just thought, "Why wouldn't we go to?" I arguably then one of the nicer venues in the city, all the equipment's brand new, just what 2019, those led walls are awesome. Uh, so, and then on top of it, like even just from a practical standpoint, I love the Von Braun, but the Von Braun's like a shotgun room. It's longer than it is wide. It's less amphitheater. So mm-hmm. sound can be a little bit more difficult in a room like the concert that. Hall. The concert hall. Yeah. Which the is Von kind Braun of where concert you'd hall. expect to see a Christmas. Well, that's service. what we did it last year. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it was great. But then when I saw Mars, like I, I may have seen Mars right after that. And as soon as I walked in, it was just like every part of the, my dreaming came out and I was like, oh, this room, even the way that it's more amphitheater style. So sound feels a little more consolidated in a, in a room like that. I was, I was kind of sold Chad, like as soon as I walked in, I, and I just immediately went to Ross, our lead pastor and thought, Hey, this would be, this would be a really, really cool venue to do something in sometime. And, and major kudos to Ross, because I, when we were praying through, what do we do for Christmas? I pretty certain it was Ross that said like, you know, you've always wanted to do Mars. You want to do Mars. And I was like, if you, if you're not, if you're punking me right now, like this is going to be really tough for our relationship. But, uh, but uh, it was Ross that brought it up. And I was like, please, like, I would love, love, love to do this. And part of it too is, um, you know, you have these amazing led walls. It's like, well then 
we don't need to decorate with a bunch of trees and like, no, these, these walls will be able to do so much in terms of visual arch just because of that. They have a ton of movers and blinders lighting and there's just a lot there packaged into one that's so nice. And then, uh, you know, the heartbeat of this podcast and it's just in the heart of the city. Yeah. Like why not, why not do something in the heart of the city and then do something in a place where people, I think, you know, similarly to how you even frame the question, they're, they're probably thinking, you know, concert, I'm going to, uh, does this cost money? And it's like, no, well, like we just want to offer something free for our community on a day where people aren't nuts and busy yet on Christmas Eve. And, uh, Mars just seemed to me like a very logical place. And I also love rhythm food. So I might eat there too. <laughs> so Mars, Christmas Eve, Eve worship service. Will there be a worship mosh pit? <laughs> there will be, there will no, be no crowd. There, there will be chairs set up on purpose. Oh, so there will be chairs. You're not going to no. dive off the stage into <laughs> the Christmas Eve crowd. I would lose my job. So but it'd be an epic moment. <laughs> it, it would be an epic moment of uh, epic fails. You go for back me, to I that you know, musicianary thing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, would, it would be poor again. It'd be great. It'd be awesome. So what should, what should people expect? Um, as they listen to this podcast, hopefully they're looking for something to do tonight uh, on December 23rd when we post this. What yeah. should they expect a, a Mars Music Hall Christmas Eve Eve services like? Yeah, so, uh, you know, our our emphasis last year, and it'll, it'll be very similar this year, is music. I mean, we tend to do a service that's pretty quick. We want it to be an hour or less. And uh, right now, like I've, uh, I've, I think we already have like 38 or 40 of those minutes are songs. And uh, so they're going to hear classic Christmas songs. I think we have like four or five that are Christmas songs that every person would know if they came. Um, like the first Noel, um, Hark the Herald Angels Sing. Grandma got ran yeah, over. Not that one, okay, but okay. I would mosh pit that if I sang be, that one. That would be a fun, so it'd be unexpected, it would, it's Mars. People, would, people <laughs> would, uh, would love that. It would go down in infamy for sure. But yeah, so it, we're going to have some traditional Christmas songs and then um, some worship songs. But yeah, we really just want this to be a gift to our community and anyone who wants to come, even if it's like, I don't know, if they're like me, just want to experience Mars, come on, like come, hey. come be a part of it. It's a cool venue. It's a cool place to, to be. And so come out. It's at, we'll have three services, three o'clock, five o'clock and seven o'clock on the 23rd. Yeah. So. There's not a lot of opportunities to go listen to music at Mars with the led wall and all the cool sounds and lights for free. Yeah. So that's yeah. Cool. And we have other, like even, uh, we're going to have this, um, this, it's a cool photo booth that's set up. That's a little different than a normal photo booth where, I mean, we even have like a, a essentially like a, a portrait for it. So you get a picture with your family and it'll say Christmas 2021 and you'll be able to print that up uh, on the spot and also get it digitally. So there's, we're just trying to offer something sweet for our community. That's our heart. Merry Christmas from Mars. <laughs> yes. Yes. Cool. For so, sure. So, um, well, thanks for sharing. Um, I, uh, last question before we go to the favorite five, which is a fun little way we end up each one. Um, one of the cool things is that in addition to, you know, like again, Mars is an unconventional worship venue, is you've gone to places like whether it be Green Bus or Melt, and you're like, well, what's a worship pastor doing there? Yeah. But talk us about your thought process when you go to non-church type venues. What's what's your goal in in performing there? Yeah. Well, I you know, I, I think you you may have alluded to this a little bit earlier is that man music is just, it's just a joyful thing. I mean, it, there's, there's, um, I one of the things I love so much about music chat is that, look, you can be all over the spectrum when it comes to politics or religion or faith, wherever you're at, but there's something unifying about a song, right? Like you can do, Hey Jude, 
And the person on any side of whatever aisle you want to pick can go, nah, 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 nah. Hey, Jude, <laughs> right? So I think to me, man, is there's just this, there's this beautiful thing that music does that's unifying and it brings people together. That's why I love concerts, man. Like you go to a concert. I, I remember the night before, uh, our country shut down. I saw Chance the Rapper at the at the uh, Houston Rodeo. It was the largest opening night for the Houston Rodeo ever. And to see 65,000 people in a room from all over the spectrum, but they're all unified in one thing. They're hearing a song. They're a part of a song. They're a part of an experience. So I think for me, anytime you can go to a place like that and have conversations with people after you've played some songs, you get to hear their, their memories of the first time they heard, you know, I don't know, all you need is love or, um, it just, it's just a sweet thing to hear stories and hear about how unifying music is and about people's experiences. And it's just a, again, like I said earlier, it's a language that speaks um, in a way that mere words I don't think do on their own. And yeah. I just think that's such a sweet, I don't know. It's a sweet thing, man. And the amount of people that you get to meet, um, it's always a joy. I just think of almost every time I play out, man, it's, it, you, you strike up a friendship with someone. I mean, the last time when I played at Melt, I, we, uh, my wife, actually, I was on, on stage playing. My wife connected with um, this husband and, husband and wife um, who had just moved here from California. And they were having, a, I think, a, a tough transition to Alabama, a big difference in culture. And that was a Friday night. And Sunday afternoon, we were at their house for a pool party with two other couples. And it was because we connected with them over song at Melt, you know? Yeah. And that's just, that's just, to me, it's just a sweet thing. I love it so much. And uh, yeah, because people ask me all the time, I, I, you, you know, you have a full-time job. You don't need to do something like this. I'm like, I'm not doing it to make a hundred bucks or something. I'm doing this because <laughs> yeah. I love music so much and, and people, I love people. So I just love anything that can bring people together. Um, I don't, I don't know, man, I'm in for that. So. And, uh, and you love pickleball. <laughs> I'm dressed for it right now. Yeah, I'm leaving straight from this. Go, go, I think go play pickleball with my son. I am playing so, with your son. So yeah. pickleball, another one of those unifying things, right? It is. It, you know, people of all different ages and, you know, kids, retirees, things like that. What, what makes pickleball part of Josh Price's favorite yeah. thing? So, uh, so tennis is my favorite sport to play. And when I moved here, I just was having a hard time finding people who would play. And every time I'd ask like, Hey, do you play tennis? I'd be like, no, nah, I play this thing called pickleball. I'm like, okay, well, what is pickleball? So I finally did some YouTube videos and I was like, all right, I'll go buy like a $20 paddle and, and figure this out. And man, really quickly was just kind of invited to some different group me's and, uh, and quickly started playing a lot more. And like you said, again, it's a, it's a great unifier. Like uh, there's a 70 year old who could absolutely kick this 35 year old's butt. And, uh, it's, it is a great equalizer, especially doubles. So it's been really fun to get to know, I mean, a ton of people in our community. It's been, I mean, it's interesting to Chad, how often I'll go out there. I'll be playing with someone that I haven't met. And then the, the game ends they'll be like, Oh, by the way, I go to, I go to river tree. And it's just, there's so many people from all over our community who go out there and it's a blast, man. It's been fun. And it's also helped me lose weight. So that's been good. Yeah. That's a, that's a winner. So my wife loves it too. So what, what unifies people <laughs> in this day and era? Pickleball <laughs> and music. And music. Well, good. That's, those are two good things. So, yeah. All right, Josh, great conversation. Let's jump into uh, the favorite five. It's a segment we do at the end of each right. um, interview. And it's really an opportunity for our guests, our listeners to um, 
learn about the personality behind the person. So they're designed mm. to be one-word answers. You don't have to. You can expound if you want. <laughs> but are you ready for the Josh Price favorite five? I'm, I'm ready. All right, number one, iced coffee or hot coffee? Hot coffee. Number two, electric guitar or acoustic guitar? Acoustic guitar. Number three, Toby Mac or DC Talk? Oh, DC Talk. Come on. Come on. If someone says Toby Mac, and I know I'm expounding right now, I'm going to be disappointed in you. DC Talk's the OG. I feel pretty strongly about I that. I feel very strongly Apparently. about that. I mean, Toby, Toby's one third of it though, man. You get both. Right. <laughs> a mandolin or a banjo? Ooh, that's good. We always get the wow. question where they're like, oh, yeah. I don't know. I would probably banjo. Final uh, concert you get to go see in your lifetime. Do you go to an arena concert or a intimate listening lounge? Intimate listening lounge, for sure. All right. So yep. the band, the mandolin banjo got him a little bit. And it did. It was very strong with DC talk, so. <laughs> Well, again, it's because, I mean, Toby Max one third of it. So you, you get the best of both worlds, I guess. I don't know. But I also, I also grew up on DC Talk. So. Yeah. Well, today is not December 23rd, but we are posting this on December 23rd. So if someone's listening to it on the December 23rd, give them the details about how to find out more about Christmas Eve Eve at Mars Music Hall. Yeah, so we're River Tree Church, and we are having three services on December 23rd on a Thursday at 3, 5, and 7 at Mars Music Hall. If you want any more information on that, you can go to myrivertree.org. You can find us also on Facebook, Instagram, all that good stuff as well. But it'll all be posted there. But 3, 5, and 7 on the 23rd and it's going to be super fun. I'm excited about it. And a free gift it's, to the community. Yeah, yeah. We hope we hope that people really enjoy it. That's awesome. Great conversation. Yeah. That is Josh Price, the worship minister at Rivertree, who recently opened their downtown campus. Uh, check them out. And we will talk to everyone next time on the DHI Explorer Podcast.